Hello and welcome to the Christ Fellowship Weekly Podcast. At Christ Fellowship, our desire is to cultivate a passion for Jesus and His purposes on the earth. To connect with us in community, partner with us through giving, or visit on a Sunday morning, please visit ChristFellowship.org. We hope you enjoy this week's sermon from Lead Pastor Jamie Miller. Acts chapter 1. Lord, would you just bless the reading of your word today? Would you bless us as we step into this new semester, this new uh, series here that we're starting today on the life-giving church? Lord, open our eyes as we read your word and change our hearts in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. So, Acts 1, Luke writes, in my former book, Theophilus, I began, excuse me, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and to teach until the day that he was taken up to heaven, after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles that he had chosen. After his suffering, he showed himself to these men and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke to them about the kingdom of God. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you've heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So when they met together, they asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, it's not for you to know the times or dates the father is set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And after he had said this, he was taken up before their very eyes and a cloud hid him from their sight. They were looking intently up into the sky as he was going when two, suddenly two men dressed in white stood beside them. Men of Galilee, they said, why do you stand looking into the sky? This same Jesus who has been taken from you into heaven will come back in the same way that you've seen him go into heaven. So Lord, open our eyes on this and give us light as we start this series in Jesus name. Amen. I'm calling this the life-giving church. And we've used that phrase since the very beginning of Christ Fellowship, almost 25 years ago now. And, but actually, we expand it a bit sometimes, and we say the life-giving, multiplying, reproducing, Christ-manifesting church. And I'll say it even, life-giving, multiplying, reproducing, Christ-manifesting church. A lot. But it won't fit on the outline so much, and so we're saying the life-giving church today. That's what we're going to use. And when we started the church all those years ago, we would sit around and dream about church like we read about in the book of Acts. And we would say, what would it be like to see church like this? What would it be like to see all that life and joy and mission and power and life-changing grace breaking into people's lives? That kind of community, that kind of sharing. That kind of, we said, what would it be like to raise our kids in this kind of an environment? What would it be like to just like worship like we just, you know, what we just did. I mean, don't take it for granted. I mean, we get to do this. You know, I leaned over to Kim and I said, I'm in. I'm just, I'm all in. I, I just praise God. We get to do this. It's just awesome. I'm thankful to the Lord for His grace. So the life-giving church, what we want to talk about these next few weeks, I put a definition there for you. It's the people of God marked by the life, love, joy, and mission of Jesus right? It's the church like we read about in the book of Acts. So we want to see that happen. And, you know, in the end, we want to be marked by the life of God. So first word I want to start with is Jesus. 
I want to preach Jesus because that is the starting word. He is the beginning. He's the one who took us, brought us out of darkness into light, out of death into life, out of the kingdom of Satan into the kingdom of God. It's good news, man. I mean, when we were enemies and could do nothing to save ourselves, Jesus Christ, the great rescuer, the king, the savior saved us. You know, and it is a right response for us to believe, to repent, to turn, to order our lives according to him and all that he's doing in this time. John 1, 1. Been meditating on that lately. In the beginning was the word. The word was with God, face to face with God. And he was God. He was God. So just if we're starting with Jesus and don't you love to hear Jesus preached? I mean, if I was sitting out there right now and somebody else was up here, I'd want to hear somebody talking about Jesus. Really? I mean, I just, I, I love it. He is awesome and beautiful and compassionate and daring and elegant and fascinating and global and honorable and indescribable and just and kaleidoscopic and loud. And merciful. <laughs> this is not in the notes, by the way. He's all that and more, right? All, he's the Alpha and the Omega. He's the beginning and the end. He's everything that you can take with letters and put together in any combination, permutation, and say about God and His greatness, that's Jesus Christ. He is, uh, what does Hebrews say? I love the start of Hebrews. Hebrews says in Hebrews 1, verse 1, In the past, God spoke to our forefathers through the prophets in many times and in various ways. But in these last days, He has spoken to us by His Son. Okay, so Jesus is like, Jesus is the last word. He is the one who reveals who God is, through whom He appointed, through whom he, uh, appointed heir of all things, through whom He made the universe. The Son is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of His being. I, I mean, I could keep going here, but we don't say Jesus and then say, oh, I've got some other deeper ideas about God, right? I mean, Jesus is God's revealing Himself to the world. He is the one and only who is at the Father's side in His heart from all eternity. The Son from all eternity. The Father from all eternity. And He's in relationship with Him. You know, He is the image of the invisible God. And I just, I love, I love saying this. I love proclaiming, you know, Paul said years later after the beginning of Acts, he said, it's been given to me to preach to the Gentiles, to the nations, the unsearchable, boundless riches of Christ. And you don't get to the end of it we don't wear this topic out and go, okay, we're going to move on to something else. I love what Charles Spurgeon impacted me years ago, famous preacher from the 1800s. And on his pulpit, it was a wooden deal. It wasn't like a plexiglass metal thing. It was a wooden thing. And it said, sir, we would see Jesus facing him so that every time when he stepped up into the pulpit, sir, we would see Jesus. And so, I mean, week after week, Sunday after Sunday, month after month, year after year, we're going to stand up here, whoever it is, and proclaim that Jesus Christ is King. He's the Lord. He is the exact representation of the Father. So I needed to just say some of that. That's the first word. The second word here today is church. Because we're talking about 
the life-giving church. And so I need to say something about church because sometimes when we hear the word church, we have a, you know, a, a reaction to it. You know? And so what I want to just say is, may God give us grace to see church through the eyes of Jesus. We would have the same perspective about church that Jesus has, not just our perspective and our judgments and our you know, hurts or woundings or whatever happened in the past, but Jesus is inviting us to agree with him about how he sees the church. He loves the church. He died for the church. He is absolutely for us in more ways than we could comprehend. And so it's, it's really important that we, we, we come to this understanding of realize, just realizing that, you know, if something happened in the past that got me a little funky about church, the idea of church, it's probably people, relationships, you know, it's, it's because we're in relationship with one another. It's the fact that we live in community actually opens us to the possibility of getting sideways with each other from time to time. And so uh, I'm listening to this book right now on Audible by a lady named Brene Brown, and uh, it's called Rising Strong. And, uh, and she says, you know, something that's really helpful for us is to realize, because we get stories going on in our lives about we think that things are a certain way, and it may not be the full picture of everything that's happening. And so it's helpful for us to go, you know, what if, and, and maybe start thinking this way about other people, that other people are, start, are, are basically doing the best they can do with the tools that they have. Do you imagine what kind of breakthrough we'd have relationally if we just started thinking, hey, you know, he's just trying to do the best he can with the tools he has. I mean, he, he's got a broken past. I've got a broken past. I don't see everything perfectly. They don't see everything perfectly. We're all, I mean, I've been through stuff and where I got to the other side and was like, you know what? I tried to do that the best I could do and it still was funky and clunky and had to apologize and stuff. Anybody ever do that? So that's what we're talking about here on this, this deal with the church is like this word. We want to have breakthrough so that we can forgive and love and we can have God's heart when we talk about life-giving church, we can have a positive view of that. If we need to forgive somebody, man, forgive them. Pray the Lord's Prayer every day. That will help you keep a short leash on bitterness and unforgiveness. It's not worth it. It's just not worth it. Father, forgive us of our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. So I can't, you know... Rassing, rassing, no good, you know, over here with somebody and be saying, Lord, just forgive me. <laughs> Let me just walk in your forgiveness. You know, we got to. So Jesus is saying, Father, forgive them. They do not know what they're doing. I listened. Uh, I was driving home the other day and heard uh, it was a quote from the funeral of one, the, the, the girl who got killed by the car deal in Charlottesville. And her dad said, and this is a direct quote. He said, for my part, can't we all just forgive each other and move forward? And I was like, I'm pulling up into the garage, you know, and I turned the car off and I was like, wow, God, that's, that's your heart. That's Jesus. That's Jesus on the cross. Forgive, forgive, forgive. And that's what this different new community of people called the church are supposed to be about because Jesus lives in us. Jesus lives in us like he... He literally lives in us. On that day when the Holy Spirit comes, John 14, 20, on that day you will realize that I am in my Father and that you are in me and I am in you. 
And so he's in us. It's like, it's like, it's not just the church that we get upset with. Just think about Paul, Saul at the time on the Damascus road. He has a vision and Jesus appears to him and says, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? He's going to persecute the church, but Jesus says, why are you persecuting me? And so I'm just trying to elevate our view of the church during this series. That, that we would have a high view. That we would see that the church is the bride of Christ. The church is the body of Christ. The church is the eternal purpose of God. The church is the pillar and foundation of truth. The church is the temple. Just we together are a place where we withstand the attacks of the enemy who's coming against us constantly, but locked arms and in community, we can do it. And the power of God, it's just, it's powerful. So I'm, you tell I'm for the church? The life-giving, multiplying, reproducing, Christ-manifesting church is always about Jesus. And in the opening lines of, of almost said Luke, of, of Acts, Luke wrote it, but in the opening lines of Acts, Luke is just going, look, it's about Jesus. All that he began to do and teach, that's what I'm unpacking here. You know, he, he lived this way. He did these things. He came. He lived this life. He died for us. He was sacrificed. He suffered. He was raised again on the third day. He walked on the earth for four, a period of 40 days. And he proclaimed the kingdom of God. That was his message. God reigns. Order your life to the reign of God. You know, and, and so then he promises the Holy Spirit. And where I'm getting to with this for this message is that God wants us to bear witness to Jesus Christ with all that we are, with all that we do, with all of our thinking, all of our attitudes, all of our actions, all of our smiles, countenance, life, money, pocketbook, schedules. He wants us to point to Jesus. Can you just do this, everybody? I've got a little light to shine. And do this. And just let's just kind of point up 45 degree angle and say our lives are supposed to point. It's about Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, I want to point to Jesus with my life, with all that I am. Here's the main thing. And that is, we want to be like the church we read about in, in Acts by bearing witness and pointing to Jesus with our whole lives. And so I'm going to break this down with t- t- today with two questions. First question, what did it look like for them? In the book of Acts, just those early chapters, what did it look like for them And then the second key question we're going to look at is, what will it look like for us? So what did it look like for them? And what will it look like for us? And I want to break this down with four key words. You ready? Number one, encounter. First key word, encounter. Second key word, empower. Third key word, enact. And now you're figuring this deal out because it's a sermon. There's probably going to be a fourth E word. And it is explain. That's just the way preachers do that, right? So let's look at this. First word, encounter. These guys walked with Jesus. They were discipled by him. They spent time with him. And their lives changed because of it. They were not the same. They encountered Jesus, and then their lives were not the same. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You encountered Jesus, your life's not the same. And so we are constantly inviting people into an encounter with the living Christ. So they, they met Jesus, 
their lives are changed. All of a sudden, they're preaching, they're healing, they're doing all these things. Acts chapter 4, they're called into account for healing this guy. They go before the Sanhedrin. you got the mean, religious guys, they're upset. You know, why are you doing this? And you need to stop. And they, they took note that these guys had been with had been with Jesus. It's because of an encounter with him that they were changed. They weren't going to stop. They were going to keep going. Acts chapter 9, I already referred to it. Saul on the Damascus Road. I mean, he's persecuting the church. He's going out helping people kill Christians. Persecuting the church. Has an encounter with Jesus. Life does a 180. And he is now living for those and, and proclaiming the one that he once persecuted and put down and all of that. So that's what happens you know, in encounter. One of my favorite uh, disciples um, is the Apostle John. I love John, and um, Jesus did too, at least in John's opinion. He's, a, he's the beloved <laughs> disciple, right? But at the beginning, this is year, toward the end of his life, he's writing the letter, 1 John, first four verses, and this is him witnessing. This is him bearing witness to Jesus Christ. He says, that which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked at and our hands have touched, this we proclaim to you concerning the word of life. The life appeared and we have seen it and we testify to it and proclaim to you the eternal life which was with the Father and has appeared to us. Man, I love this. We proclaim to you what we've seen and heard so that you may have fellowship with us and that our fellowship with the Father and the Son Jesus Christ, we write this to you to make our joy complete. So that's what we're talking about. We have an encounter. It rocks our world, and we are not the same. You can't stay the same. You've encountered Jesus, and it's all different kinds of ways. It's all kind of crazy testimonies. You look around the room right now, it looks like everybody's nice and has it all together. And I promise you, I promise you, there's some crazy, you would not believe it, testimonies about what has happened because of Jesus Christ coming into our lives. Absolutely incredible mind-boggling and you're beautiful in spite of all that and that's how Jesus feels it's just that's words to this we encounter him and we are changed and then we go I've seen him I've tasted I've I've he's touched my life I will never ever be the same you couldn't pull it out of me in the face of death that's that's we want to testify to Jesus because he's so absolutely incredibly saved us in this encounter with him in power. Okay, Jesus promises, wait, you're going to receive power and the Holy Spirit comes on you. You're going to be my witnesses because of this power. So they encountered the power of God and it looks like, what does this power look like? Pentecost comes and it looks like nations coming together. Nations encountering God, different ethnic groups, oddly, being together, not because of common past, but because of common life. Wow. Holy Spirit power. They are now motivated to share radically. They are now motivated by the Holy Spirit power to come together and share meals and be in community together with one another. They are now motivated to explain and share the gospel and the good news. They are now motivated to pray for healing and release this power, this kingdom power that touches and changes lives. And it's, it's incredible, you know, what's going on there in the book of Acts because of the power of God. And so 
They've done that. They, Acts 3, silver and gold have I none. Peter and John say, but what I have I give to you, this cripple that's been laying there at the gate beautiful for 38 years. Jesus walking in and out of those gates, but Peter and John are the one who heal him. You know, and they say, silver and gold have I none. But what I have, I give you in the name of Jesus. Rise and walk. The guy's jumping and dancing around. And, and I mean, it leads to more people coming to know God, to salvation, all of these things. That's what the Holy Spirit looks like when He's empowering lives. Even an expectation of this, of this power being released. When they're, after they're persecuted by the Sanhedrin, they're beaten, they go back and they have a big prayer meeting. And in Acts 4.30, they pray, God, stretch out your hand, perform signs and miracles and wonders in the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And the place where they were meeting was shaken. And they went out and spoke the word of God boldly. It's exciting. I went in on this, right? The third piece there in act, you know, this is, this is the lifestyle change. You watch these guys and they're, they're changing the way they are living because they've encountered Jesus and are empowered by the Holy Spirit. They're, cha- they're, they're not doing the same things. Their, their lifestyle is changing. Schedule change, money change, sharing change, all of this. They're living life around the new reality of Jesus Christ. They're living their lives around that reality. And His relationship with His Father in the Spirit, this triune God of relational love who is bringing us in through Jesus Christ into all that He is, does, shares that beautiful, wonderful communion. And we get to uh, enact that by expressing that life with who we are at TCU, who we are in, in our jobs and families. The last piece there is explaining this, and that's just sharing what's going on. Pentecost happens. Peter stands up and goes, hey, these guys aren't crazy. This is what's going on. God sent Jesus, his son, and he lived this sinless life. He died on the cross. He was raised on the third day by the power of God. And God has declared him to be both Lord and Christ. Blah. You know, and they're like, what do we do now? Repent. Believe. Be baptized. Receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. This is for you and for way down the line, us. You know, it's, and that's, they, they go out there explaining the, it's the gospel this, the gospel that. Jesus did this. Jesus did that. In Acts 3, after he heals the, the crippled guy, um, it says that, that not only that, Jesus is coming back to restore everything, to make everything right. Now, that's a great, all those are great explanations of the gospel, that God sent Jesus, that Jesus loves us so much that he made a way for us. And even, you know, even the explaining, I touched on this a second ago, but he explains to the religious leaders, and I think this is part of explaining the gospel it's when there's cranky, teeth-bearing, gnashed-teeth-looking folks saying, stop talking about Jesus. Stop talking about what Jesus is doing in His power in these days. That there is a part of the gospel that is a response to that. They say, stop. And Peter and John say, stop. No, we're not stopping. What happened is because of Jesus. You want us to stop showing kindness to this cripple? What happened is because of the name of Jesus. There is salvation found in no other name than the name of Jesus Christ. So that's what's going on here. I mean, like encounter, empower, enact, explain. And it may not be the same order as these things. Sometimes we get the order mixed up. It doesn't matter. You know, those things, it, God's working in people's lives. It doesn't matter. He's working. And when we step into situations filled with His life, 
expressing the reign of God, stuff happens. Love is expressed. Forgiveness happens. Healing happens. Salvation happens. So let me pull this together with the second question and we'll wrap things up. The second question is, not just what did it look like then, but what will it look like now? What will it look like for us? And can I, I just want to hone in on this for just a second, and that is this question is so important. How you answer this question. Now, what question am I asking? What will it look like for us? The reason that question is so important is because it changes the world. The world is changed in how you answer that question. You know, if we say uh, it doesn't really apply to us, or if we say that was about them back then, you know, it's not so much about us now. If we say that and we don't believe that it's going to happen now for us and we get to see that in our lifetime, guess what you probably won't get to see happen in your lifetime? You're, you're going to probably see what you believe. I mean, that is the truth. You know, if you don't ever pray to see somebody healed, guess what? You know, it, they're probably not going to run in front of you. Whoa, I just got healed by you. It doesn't work that way. We pray for people. And it's the kingdom of God. And so it's now and it's not yet. But it is now. And so who do we not pray? I don't, we pray. And we've seen wonderful, wild stuff happen. But you got to pray. And so we join with Jesus. That's what, that's what they're doing. And that's what... I, I just think it's a, it's a life-changing question when we say, I'm going to believe. I want to see this church life happen here with us. That changes the world. You know, and it's, it's what's it going to look like for us? Some version of the same. And I could tell you story upon story upon story of how it does look the same with salvations and baptisms and healings and life. You know? So our vision, what's it look like for us? Our vision is to see those things happen. It's to see encounter. Our vision at Christ Fellowship is to see encounters happen with Jesus that are life-rocking and world-changing. You know, that when we get into His presence, stuff is broken off. When we get into His presence, our minds are renewed. When we get into His presence and we encounter Him, we are set free from bondage and sin and death bringing stuff in our lives. And He brings hope and life and love. That's what happens in the presence of God. No place I would rather be than sitting right here on a Sunday. Just being in the presence of God. With my, because I'm, I'm changed. I wasn't, I wasn't this fired up when I came in this morning. I'm getting there. This is exciting. You know, it's just like, wow. And so we want to worship. We want to be college guys and girls that are just going for it. We want to bring encounters into our workplaces and, and have a, a sense of God's presence in our lives. We want to spend time with Jesus morning by morning by morning, not because we're checking off some kind of legal list. That'd be, ah, oh, no. It's because we want Him. We've been rocked by Him. We've been changed by Him. So encounter, that's absolutely huge. Another part, our vision at Christ Fellowship it's not just an encounter, but it's to be empowered by His Spirit so that we go through life like these disciples that were empowered by the Spirit so that we can walk out into a desire for community, to have relationships, to have sharing that goes on that's just 
upside down. It's not like the kingdom. We don't relate to things. We don't respond and react to things like everybody does in the world because we've been empowered by the Holy Spirit of God. And we want to see salvation. We want to see God moving and looking for how God's moving in people's lives and then speaking into that a word of hope, a word of encouragement, a word that Jesus can, Jesus does, Jesus will. That's what we want to be about. We have vision here at Christ Fellowship, not just to be an encountering and an empowered people, but an enacting people who actually live this life out. We don't live like everybody else because we've been changed. We've been shaped. We're being molded by Him. We've encountered Him. We're, we're, we've been empowered by Him. All of those things are just absolutely huge. And it has impact for what life looks like this semester at Texas Christian University. I, I did a faux pas there saying Texas Christian, didn't I? TCU? I'm just kidding. It's in the charter. I know they changed the all the stuff years ago, but it's there and we can see it happen more and more and more with life-giving believers and disciples following Jesus. But it should, Lord, help us. Let us see this happen. Our vision is to see it happen in our workplaces and in our homes, in our marriages, in our families, in our lives. Uh, you know, even just in the church at, uh, in the city. And there's, there's some great stuff happening, you guys, right now with pastors in our church, and when I say in our church, in the church in the city of Fort Worth, and that's how we see it. You know, we're one church with many different expressions. It's just like the body of Christ. It's just like God. One God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. One and yet diverse. One and yet distinct. And uh, there's just, we pray for everybody that's lifting up Jesus and proclaiming that Jesus Christ is Lord, man, Lord, bless them. Bless every congregation around the city because we are the church together in the city of Fort Worth. And man, you know, just we've, all, we've got a peace. Everybody's got a peace to bring. And I, I know when I share the vision of why we came down here to Fort Worth in 2002, why we moved down here and I share it with the other pastors, they love to hear that. They love to hear that I was looking at a map one day and in my mind's eye, I saw Jesus rise up out of Fort Worth and I heard the lesser shall become greater and saw fire shooting from Fort Worth to the region, to the nation and to the nations of the earth. And, and I said, Fort Worth is supposed to be a sending city for the gospel of Jesus Christ and for his life and love. And everybody's just like, yes. I mean, the other churches... And we're that, and we get to participate, and that's part of what we bring to the whole whole deal. So, um, you know, what would it what would it be like? Let's do the what if game for a second here. I'll wrap up with this. What would it be like if we said yes on these things? If we just dreamed and just had that dreaming kind of faith filled heart in us that said, "What would it look like if I started living this way on the campus?" If I started living this way in my job, what if I started expecting to live an encountering, empowered, enacting, explaining kind of lifestyle? What would it look like just in our, in our marriages? What would it look like in our families as dads with kids and in our friendships? What would it look like in our church life for us to be more and more moving in this direction? I think there's an invitation from God for us. There's an invitation for us to say yes. And, you know, 
I love asking the what if questions because it gets me thinking out. What if we, what if I live differently than the way I'm living right now? What if I stepped out of this box that I've been in and started seeing Jesus bigger? What if I started ordering, maybe even like something radical today? I don't know what you're going to do this afternoon, but you did something radical. You did something different. Like maybe just, I'm going to spend 30 minutes just going for it. I'm crank the worship up at home and just worship. Or I'm going to get some people together and we're just going to pray. We're going to do something different. And just because we, a lot of times we're like fleas in a jar, you know, and you take the jar, top of the jar off and we're still just jumping up there. We need to do some different stuff sometimes. We need to press in a little deeper and just say, God, have more of my heart, have more of my mind, renew me, recreate me. Holy Spirit, come, breathe on me afresh. And when that happens, and the world has changed. I mean, the world's changed. You, you, don't, you don't stay the same. And we don't, we don't want to. I mean, Hunter doesn't look the same as when I first met him. He looks more like Jesus. And that's what we want for every... Get a good look at me. Because I'm changing. I'm being conformed to the image of Jesus Christ. And that's... We want to be people that are always about Him. And that's what the life-giving church is all about. All right? So stand up. We want to respond to God here for just a minute. If you're visiting with us, new to the church, we do this at the end of every service. We just take five minutes or so and just respond to God. And it's our belief that sometimes the most important things that happen in the whole service are right here in this time. Because you can worship, you can hear stories, testimonies, hear the Word of God preached, but it's in that responding in our own heart that God gets more of us. That's what he wants. He wants our hearts. He wants our lives. And because it's for our best, man, it's where the joy is. It's where the life is. And so a couple calls here to respond this morning. First of all, if you want to get started with Jesus, Jesus has done everything to save you. He died on the cross for you. He was raised on the third day by the power of God. He forgives sins. He puts, puts you on the right track. And so he's done it and he calls us to believe in him to repent and to turn toward Him and to order our lives according to Him. It's just, that's the start. But man, it is the best life. It's the best life. And if that's you, then I want to ask you to come down and just get somebody to pray for you. And this other piece is the invitation to more. We believe that there's a stirring happening in our church right now. That God is moving in our midst and that our greatest days are We've not experienced, but they're about to be experienced. And so it just, Lord, would you raise the water level of your activity, of encounter, of empowering, of enacting and explaining this. And so, Lord, stir us up with a desire for more. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, and if you just have a prayer need, come, get prayer. You guys, go for it. Now's the time, right now, in this moment. Let your life be changed as you press into God. Go for it. In Jesus' name.